Welcome to CTV News Trendline with Michael Stittle and Nick Nanos. Uh, Nick, I don't think a lot of Valentine's Day cards were sent across the aisle in Parliament this week. Uh, the, the tone of debate has been, I guess, toxic, angry. What, what should we call it? I don't know. Were there arrows? Like, <laughs> no. little uh, keep it arrows? No. <laughs> slings and arrows, just to be a little more literate. Um, wow. We're looking probably at what will be perhaps the most toxic, angry, combative parliament that we've seen in quite a while because everyone is doubling down on uh, on issues they're doubling down on the rhetoric it's pretty clear that there's no uh i want why don't we even say there's no need not even any semblance of court any kind of cordial behavior mm. uh between uh, especially between uh justin trudeau and and pierre poiliev and it's kind of like they're talking past each other uh, the reality is, is that for the two front running parties, at least the liberals and the conservatives, that they're actually speaking to their core voters. Mm. They're they're throwing basically red meat policy options to their core voters to fire them up in anticipation of an election. And you know mm. what? I know it. there's an expectation that an election might not take place and as, as far off as 2025. But I'm looking at the fundraising, which is heating up. I'm looking at the rhetoric, which is heating up. It feels like there's going to be an election soon enough. And uh, it's pretty clear that the, all of the parties are getting ready to be on election footing. So that toxic meter off the hmm. scale. Well, let's let's uh, let's just listen in on, on some of the exchanges we've heard so far lately. Think of it. You now have to be a millionaire to be able to retire in this country after eight years of this prime minister's inflationary deficits and taxes after eight years of doubling the, the cost of home heating with his carbon tax. And yes, Mr. Speaker, there is more to do, which is why we're so surprised that the Conservative Party stood against extra supports for low-income renters, stood against supporting families to send their kids to dentists. The Liberals have learned the wrong lesson from this hotel bill scandal. You'd think that after billing taxpayers $6,000 a night for a single room, the lesson learned would be book a cheaper room next time. Instead, the lesson these Liberals have learned is cover it up better. Canadians pay some of the highest cell phone and internet fees in the world. The Rogers-Shaw merger will only make things worse. Canadians who are already struggling will have to pay even more for their cell phone and internet fees. Now, the government has a choice today. Will they stand up for families? and say no to this merger, or will they put billions of dollars in the pockets of billionaires? Which is it? So yes, uh, the toxicity meter, uh, Nick, is, is pretty high there. Um, I'm, I'm curious also, uh, you, you're hinting that, you know, they're sort of gearing up for an election. Where, where Where's the ballot tracking at now? Well, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. You know, the, the Conservatives had an advantage, upwards of a five or six point advantage over the Liberals in the last uh, couple of months. But, you know, check out the trend line. So first of all, let's look at the trend line. And when you look at the trend line, you see the conservatives pulling ahead of the of the liberals. And now the liberals closing the gap. And when we look at the board, where we look at the actual percentages, we can see that it is absolutely a dead heat between the liberals and the conservatives, both of them at 33 percentage points support each. But look at the change over the last four weeks. Liberals up four, conservatives down three. NDP are 21, which is 
in a good position for the NDP because that keeps them in the striking zone to keep in the to stay in the 20s. Block at six, Green Party at four, People's Party still a factor at three percent nationally. So it probably explains, you know, what I'll say the edge that we are seeing in the House of Commons and what I'll say the the confrontational politics and messaging, especially from the Liberals and the Conservatives, because it's basically a knife fight in a telephone booth. And they're going at each other because it is very tight right now when when we look at the top ballot numbers. Uh, Nick, I, as I can see uh, from your, from the ballot tracking, the, the Liberals have had a little bit of a bounce lately, and uh, to to tie them up with the with the Conservatives, how much is that of that is their uh, healthcare funding deal with the provinces? Well, I think the focus, maybe not just the deal, but the focus of the Liberals on healthcare, has uh, helped move their numbers up, and. You know, the reality is, is who's been in the news on healthcare? Justin Trudeau. What about Pierre Poiliev? Yes, there are crickets playing. Uh, Pierre Poiliev has been largely absent from the uh, discussion on healthcare. So he's kind of ceded territory to the liberals. It's been a bit of a, you know, regardless of whether you like or hate the liberals, it's been a bit of a liberal infomercial on them trying to do something on healthcare. The mm -hmm. fact of the matter is, is they did pony up more cash. It was not as much as the provinces wanted, but you know what? It's the job of a premier of every province to say that it's not enough. So people are kind of used to that. But, you know, the interesting thing is that when we look at the issue tracking in the last uh, while, you can see that healthcare is clearly pulling away from all of the other issues. Right now in the nanos tracking, we have healthcare at 22 points nationally, up about five points in the last four weeks followed by inflation at 13, jobs at 12, the environment at 11. You know, stuff like debt still there uh, at three and housing and free speech, 3% mm -hmm. at 3%. But the key takeaway here is healthcare has been on the rise as a top national issue of concern. Justin Trudeau has been in the news all the time and has been the center of the focus on uh, the healthcare discussions and funding for healthcare. He did come up with some coin uh, for the premiers. The premiers are accepting that coin. And uh, what you see basically is uh, liberal numbers showing positive movement over the last uh, four weeks with this focus on healthcare. Hmm. It seems like uh, conservative leader Pierre Polyev is his his main attack point has been cost of living and 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 inflation, uh, which actually brings me to uh, our, our next segment, uh, uh, Nick. I wanted to talk about a survey you did on homelessness and and how worried Canadians are about uh, housing costs. Yeah, this is a new survey that was just recently released is for the Canadian Alliance to End Homelessness. And we have tracking numbers. And, you know, these are really eye popping numbers to look at. Sadly, why don't we just say sadly eye popping numbers? We, you know, we'd ask Canadians uh, about whether they're worried or not worried about paying for housing in the next 30 days and check out the trend. We can see 2023, 2021, 2020. Uh, right now in the survey that, that was just completed in the last couple of weeks, about one out of every four Canadians are worried or somewhat worried, that 18 and 16%. But check it out compared to 2021 and 2020. Mm. You know, in 2020, you can see about 5% of Canadians were worried, another 11% were somewhat worried, so 16%. So we're up from 2020 uh, a full eight percentage points, which is a significant uh, increase. And, you know, just think of it this way. Back in 2020, we were looking at that 16%. We said that was bad. So uh, it speaks to the fact that if you walk down your neighborhood, you see four of your neighbors 
one of your neighbors is worried about whether they're going to be able to pay for housing in the next 30 days. It it matches a, a recent uh, Statistics Canada report, Nick, that something like a quarter of Canadians say that that they couldn't afford a surprise five hundred dollar bill uh, in the next month. That you know, presumably, where a lot of them are living paycheck to paycheck. Absolutely, and you know, the other thing is, is that we know with other research that we've done for CTV News that Canadians are also worried about just paying for the groceries. That younger people, uh, there's there's some younger people that are actually eating less because they're worried about paying for the bills. But in the same survey for the Canadian Alliance to End Homelessness, the other thing is, is that uh, people overwhelmingly believe that homelessness is on the rise in Canada. Mm. And, you know, I think like something like 1% think that it's not on the rise or the same. So uh, so people people know and they see that many individuals in their neighborhoods are having difficulty paying for the bills, they're having difficulty paying for groceries, they're having difficulty paying for the rent, paying for the mortgage. They're just getting getting squeezed. And you know, the optimism for 2023 isn't there because we don't know whether there might be a mild or what type of downturn there might be in the economy and what will happen with interest rates. Hmm. Uh, I'm curious uh, also, Nick, in, in, in the same survey you've done, uh, you I think you also asked people if there should be some sort of federal initiative to uh, to possibly uh, to help out here yeah and and it looks like people want action uh on uh, on homelessness and and support for those that are in most need but you know wow if if when we get to one out of every four people struggling to pay the bills that's a lot of canadians you know mm. and you know the thing is think of it this way you know the federal government um coming off of the pandemic sent a clear signal to Canadians saying that, you know, there can't be unlimited support. So people see that there's a need, people see that they want action, but how is that going to slam up against the fiscal reality that we're going to see in this federal budget and uh, what the Liberals will do? The other thing is, the big, other big question mark, and this is important for whether Parliament ravels or unravels uh, with, the, with the new Democrats and the Liberals specifically, is what will the you know, what will the NDP want on healthcare and what will they want to see happen on things like homelessness? Because, you know, the thing is, if they get grumpy and if their numbers start going up, that could precipitate a potential election if they're, uh, if they, if they see that the liberals are not going far enough in advocating for a progressive agenda. Oh, that, that's an interesting point, Nick. Uh, so, you know, the, the governing deal, I suppose, that the NDP has with the, with the liberals is is supposed to go until 2025 but in your latest ballot tracking i think the ndp is is around 20 percent uh, support yeah. wow yeah exactly uh, and you know that's why the ndp are going to be the ones to watch hmm. you know think of uh jagmeet singh i don't want to use the word puppet master because that would be not exactly right but he's <laughs> he's he's got leverage jagmeet hmm. singh has leverage and uh He's going to have more leverage, and that's why the liberals have to be worried. Because when those NDP numbers go up into the mid twenties, whenever they go up into the mid twenties, mm. the liberals start losing seats to both the New Democrats and the Conservatives. So expect uh, Jagmeet Singh and Pierre Poiliev to not attack each other, but expect them to double team Justin Trudeau in order to split voters to create those opportunities for both the Conservatives and the NDP to pick up seats at the expense of the liberals especially in ontario that's where that's where the liberals can really be at risk in ontario to some of these vote splits and british columbia hmm. 
Uh, Nick, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, uh, NORAD uh, shooting down UFOs. Uh, Nick, so we've had some unexplained aerial phenomenon uh, over Canadian airspace and American airspace. Uh, there's allegations that they're they're uh, Chinese surveillance balloons, uh, and they've been shot down by uh, by NORAD fighter jets. Uh, I'm I'm curious if 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 this is sort of a boost for NORAD uh, in in the minds of Canadians. Well, I don't recall a Canadian jet fighting shooting down no. the object over the Yukon. No, right. It would it would be like yeah, you know you could imagine if the if the French and the British were uh, had some type of threat and the British said to the to uh, Emmanuel Macron, yes, could we have the French Air Force shoot down that object uh, that's over uh, you know over England, please, because we just like you to do that. Well, that's <laughs> basically what happened. Um, you know, there's no real explanation by the government. It was pretty quiet as to why we couldn't even why we couldn't even protect our own territorial space. So I, th I think that puts a spotlight, but then it also puts a spotlight on the relevance and importance of, uh, of NORAD. And, you know, the, the good news is, is that both the, uh, both the Trudeau administration and also the Biden administration have, uh, have, have started to make, uh, make NORAD a little more of a focus and uh, North America, North American uh, air defense. So, so that's the good news and this is precipitated, but you know what, if we thought, the relationship with China was in the tank before. Mm. Yikes. It's like worse because now there's the narrative of the Chinese sending things. Why don't we just let's get out of what they might actually be, but sending things over uh, over North America um, and uh, and at least the authorities in North America um, not being happy with any uh, with those things occurring. And and, you know, the Chinese have have also claimed that there are objects that the Americans have floating over uh, China. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not necessarily, uh, it's, it's, it, there is a bit of uh, murkiness in all of this. And, you know, what is being shot down? You know, these are unidentified objects. We won't say whether they're aliens or not, right? Because I don't think there's been like, they're not taken to, uh, what is it, Area 54? Is that it? Area 51, I believe. Area 51. Uh, sorry, yeah. I know. I, sorry for the mistake. <laughs> I don't think anybody's being taken to Area 51 with no. any aliens. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that I think the key takeaway here is that North American airspace and the mm -hmm. integrity of North American airspace is now on the radar, no pun intended. And it was never really on the radar before and hasn't been for quite a long time. Mm. Uh, because at that time we were worried about incursions from the Russians. So I think this is, uh, I think the good news about this is that uh, NORAD's back on the radar and that uh, there'll probably be a good look between both of the, uh, both the American government and the Canadian government on what NORAD needs in order to fulfill its core mission. Uh, you, you hinted that, or you said that it was an American fighter jet, of course, that, that, shot it down over Canadian airspace. Now we've, we finally inked a deal to get uh, F-35 fighter jets. Uh, but it's, that's been a political football, the procurement of fighter jets that's been kicked down the field for, for a long, long time. Uh, and I, it just seems like, uh, like there hasn't been a lot of political will uh, to sort of increase our defense budget and, and to put in, you know, uh, a lot of buying power into, into procuring new fighter jets. Yeah, well, the reality is, is that for any defense procurement, 
these are exceptionally long time horizons. Hmm. It's not like you can, you know, get masks or vaccinations within so many months takes, you know, we're talking about decades. And, you know, the thing is, is that what happens is, and it's just the, the state of state of political play. This is no reflection on, on whoever happens to be the prime minister and whoever happens to be the government is that you have these long-term investments and then they slam up against short-term needs, right? So they slam, you know, they slam up against the pandemic. They slam up against a potential recession. They slam up against, uh, you know, providing social aid to Canadians and trying to fight homelessness and stuff like that. So, you know, but the reality is, is that we need governments to make long-term decisions and commitments so that we have the resources to maintain our national territorial integrity, our continental territory, territorial integrity with the United States, and also to maintain our commitments with NATO. And, you know, Ukraine has put a big spotlight on, you know, the importance of uh, of countries maintaining their kind of uh, their commitments to, to NATO, because, you know, the thing is, is that it's it's basically shown that everyone has to step up. And it's and and, you know, the, the thing is, with a couple of exceptions, most NATO allies are in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Germany needs to spend more money. A lot of the other major allies could spend more money. And that there's only a minority that kind of spend at or above that GDP target. Uh, Nick, I think we're going to leave it there for this episode, as always. Thanks very much. Take it easy. 